What's up, everyone? My name is Wes, and you're listening to the latest episode of the Ear Coffee Podcast. For this week's episode, I got the opportunity to chat with Minneapolis rock trio Silo. Back in February, they released their punchy, windswept debut EP, Painting with the Sun. We follow the band on the cathartic and winding road to finishing the EP, talk about recording in New York, and discover the significance of the word whoosh, plus a whole lot more. Without any further ado, here's my interview with Mark, Dan, and Nick of Silo on the Ear Coffee Podcast. How are we doing on this weird spring, fall, non-existent seasonal day? Doing really good. Doing really good. Yeah. I was- awesome. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a little chilly out, but we uh, we went to the farmer's market earlier, so... Oh, we, it has been a busy day. Yeah, wow. it's been a busy day, and then... Uh, they, they, they beat me here. They were 12 minutes early, and I was like five minutes early, and they're they're beating us at our own game. They're, y- y'all, y'all are too respectful. <laughs> yeah, Wes, we will ask the questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> role reversal. We came prepared. One of you was sitting in like the, 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 like the side of the table with this mic, which is normally where like Joe or I would sit. It's like there's no labeling or whatever. So like, uh, I was like, oh, you, you just seize power. Okay. Man, this, is, have a this podcast is an episode of succession now, and it's just not doing good. Um, Cool. What have you guys listened to any music today or like what's some of the stuff you listened to most recently I, like on the way here? So I went on a walk this morning before Mark picked us up uh, to go to the farmer's market, but we I listened to a basketball divorce court. Oh, sick. Yeah. Love and them. they rock. Um, I was on like a casual stroll at 7 a.m. listening to basketball divorce court. So it's maybe not like the right vibe for the moment, but <laughs> yeah. I woke up and I was just like ready to go. Studying so, contracts. Yeah. Good. Yeah, no, this is uh, maybe embarrassing slightly, but I listened to this early 2000s metalcore band called Seven Angels, Seven Plagues. Whoa. Oh. <laughs> that's what I listen to this like? It's like, I mean, it has like the metalcore breakdowns like, and then all of a sudden there's like a 90s emo, like clean interlude. It's crazy. Oh, wow. The song is like all about like biblical references or is that just like the Well, they're not Christian. The band name. But I think it's just, I think they just, they like ask themselves, well, how do you sound epic? And it's by having like vaguely biblical references. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think, you know, but like yeah. that sometimes like implies, oh, they're gonna like get into it a little bit, or like yeah. they're gonna be like going like Iron Maiden, where it's like yes, no, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like I a lot of metal bands. I, I have no idea what they're saying because the vocals are so hoarse, but mm. I just like it because it's like it's really really heavy, and all of a sudden it literally sounds like a like a mineral okay. or like yeah promise ring guitar part in like the middle of the song. It's crazy. Crazy. It's cool. Nuts. I actually listened to t- this guy Tendai this morning too. Okay. Who's a sick artist from London. And he is like super low key and indie, but he just produced um like a really big artist's record. Um so cool. It's he's he's just got a really original sound too. Yeah. Um, mm. Very a wide range of ways we start <laughs> yeah, today. Yeah, I, yeah. I love that. Yeah. It um, kind of changes week over week too. Like we're just always listening yeah. to like, like each of us discover something new that sounds nothing like anything we've listened to. Yeah. And then our chat will just blow up with like, <laughs> you got to check this out. Yeah. And then, um, I don't know, like, like Mark will show up at, at our practice and be like, we got to make this music. We got to sound like yeah, this. It's just like not even possible for us. Like it's not a sound <laughs> yeah. we can achieve. Like you need more members. You yeah. need yeah. different gear. Yeah. <laughs> I think the uh, it it makes us it keeps us ambitious. Yeah, yeah. true. Yeah, <laughs> always aspiring. Uh, cool. Uh, before we get into the music and further on, uh, why don't we start with some introductions? 
what's your name? What's your kind of role in the band? Any other pertinent information you want to, you, you think the people at home need to know before we start talking about, about Silo? Yeah. Uh, I'm Dan. I play drums. Um, what other, I guess pertinent information right now, I broke my thumb like two weeks ago. Mark's making a face at me, but F's in the chat. Yeah, yeah. F's in the yeah. chat. Pouring uh, out. But yeah, I'm I'm in a splint for like a month, so we're kind of we're taking it easy right Can now. Can I ask what happened? Like the 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 summarization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't uh, I didn't appease Mark, and he <laughs> I put oh my hand on I had to put my hand on the curb, and he stomped on it. Oh god! <laughs> he took his hammer out. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I fell on my bike. It's it's oh. like just the lamest story imaginable. <laughs> I was on a bike ride with my my roommate, and we were biking under this bridge, and he goes, "It's slippery under there. Watch out!" And I was on my mountain bike, and I was like, "I'm feeling good. Like I could probably handle oh, this." Yep. <laughs> and then I biked like a little faster through there. And just wiped out. Really oh, I didn't know that detail. Yeah, that detail I've left it out. No, that's oh, good. Oh, I yeah. feel like wow. some resentment. Well, now it's <laughs> good. Yeah, I thought I would start the pod by getting everyone mad at me. Yeah, now it's on the record. <laughs> as, as someone who used to not mountain bike, but I at least had a mountain bike, you're thinking like, "Oh, these tires are gonna be fine." You get yeah. a little cocky and yeah. <laughs> you totally whiff it. I was 100%. feeling good. I was feeling good. I don't know. But yeah. now I'm not. Now peaks and valleys. Peaks and valleys. I'm Mark. I sing and play vocals, webbed toes. You sing and play vocals? Yep. Okay. I'm Nikki. I play bass. Excellent. Oh, wait, um, I play guitar, not vocals. <laughs> I was like, I mean, you do oh. do both of those things. Yeah, you sing and play vocals. Yeah. Guitar. And he, and he, had, think he about does that. have I wasn't sure if that was like a wordplay thing or I was like, I, yeah, was I was just, like, what? That was very like far out conceptual. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I like starting interviews the same way. Um, after just talking to so many musicians over the years, I found that unsurprisingly maybe pretty much anyone that writes music performs in a band pursues this as part of their life they have both as a listener and beyond they have a pretty personal or close relationship with music in general uh, so i'm curious what are some of the first times you really connected with music maybe like starting out like when you were a lot younger and do you remember from like the first times when it really felt like it was something that you could identify with and latch on to versus something that like you knew about you knew what like you listened to the radio you like your if you had like siblings maybe they were recommending bands but it wasn't quite something where you're like no i am close to this this is something i want to keep close to me for the entire the entirety of my life i'm mm-hmm. guessing um just some of those formative bands those formative experiences i got some if you guys don't i have a few go you have a few go ahead. Go ahead. any any, Counter, any order clockwise okay yeah. okay let's go um yeah so when I was really little, I was like sensitive to noise. I think some a lot of little kids are just don't like loud noises. So I didn't like music. I'm that still much. sensitive to loud noises. Yeah, but then I don't know how I heard it, but I heard Scott Joplin like ragtime music. Like I don't know, like yeah, 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 yeah. just like proto jazz that was played in brothels in the like, <laughs> like the 1910s. Great, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the 1910s. Yeah, um, and I just I was like, I need to learn piano. Like this is the coolest stuff I've ever heard. I was like obsessed. Yeah. Shout it. out Maple Leaf Rag. You no, know, straight <laughs> up, it, it goes banger, crazy. Banger it goes. And I like, I watched that um, salad dressing guy Paul Newman movie with uh, with all the ragtime in the soundtrack called. I don't remember what it's called. I don't either. The Sting. The Sting. Oh, okay? the Sting. Yeah, yeah, the Sting. Um, it's about like horse betting. I didn't really understand because I was like nine. But <laughs> yeah, anyways, that like a lot of gas in my tank from that. And then I think the first music I really connected to on like a more visceral, emotional, personal level was 
I was a really angry teenager. And when I was 15, I heard minor threat. Um, and yeah, I haven't really looked back since. Mm-hmm. Like I love, like I'm still straight edge. I love hardcore. Um, I love a lot of other things too, but that was like the first music where I was like, what is happening? Yeah. Yeah. So now I'm thinking about, we need to get a hardcore band that's got like a piccolo solo on it. Like the sting, you yeah. know, we can make that happen. Yeah. Yeah. And Jimmy Stewart on vocals. Yeah. <laughs> the, the hologram of Jimmy Stewart. Yeah, AI Coachella. Oh, oh. Are you ready Coachella? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, for me, it's more like I kind of, my, my parents aren't super into music, but, uh, I remember like looking at the equalizer or the levels on like the stereo system, listening to the Peanuts Christmas album. I don't know if you can hear me, but, um, that was super formative. I was just like staring at it and that was like a really core memory of mine. I was like, damn, this is cool. Um, and then started playing guitar Cause I was like, I need an identity and, uh, I played guitar hero and then I was like, this is my identity. And, uh, yeah, I think it had been on and off, but, um, like once I got back, um, into it, it's just been full bore and yeah, a lot of different like revivals and like my passion, which include like. I think emo has been like the biggest influence in the last like couple of years where it's just, it's kind of been an eye opening experience. Um, just, it's very challenging, like Captain Jazz specifically, where it's just extremely challenging um, to like try and, like, if I think there's a lot of categorization right now and people try and put things in boxes. Yeah, especially with people get so obsessed with like, what are the different waves of emo? Yeah. More so than almost as much like people that are way too into electronic music. We're like, this is actually like sub ambient techno. You're like, what? Right. Like if you're that bored, it's like, (laughs) (laughs) it's better than that than other, you know, like idle pastimes, you know, just get some sub genres. Yeah. Just get really into, into second wave, into like nineties emo. Yeah. 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 Expand your mind. Exactly. So my introduction to like being a person who makes music is like way, way, way earlier than stuff y'all mentioned. I like as a kid would just bang in the back seat of my mom's car. I have three siblings, so I was always in the back as like the one of the youngest kids. And I just like hit the like the plastic like little like shelf next to me in time with the music. And my mom would think the car was broken and pull over to check out the car. And this went on for like kind of a long time. And then my parents were like, we got to like get him drums. Like (laughs) we got to make this happen. And I like grew up playing the piano, a lot of introduction via like jazz and orchestral music. Mm -hmm. Went to orchestra hall a bunch as a kid and have like a lot of memories of doing that with like my grandma that are pretty important to me. Um, But then uh, just like pivoted into like now I make rock music because I'm punk, you know. (laughs) Did did you ever like play like drums or percussion in like the orchestra and the band and like oh yeah no yeah like all of growing up i did that okay or i'd play in pit i played in high school yeah which is like really fun music but like just a miserable time like horrible yeah like i i'm I'm gonna throw some shade on the pod here but like uh just like the worst part was like you had to wait for cues from the actors on stage and like i don't hate theater people but they are so unreliable in high school it's just like yeah like waiting for a cue from them was just like like the most painful experience of my life, you yeah. know, it, it, at least like once you get past that point, there's like a conductor and like people are kind of <laughs> at least on the same <laughs> yeah, wavelength. True, true. Um, 
that the brief tangent, but um, I was listening to a podcast about where they interviewed the pit musicians that had played in Phantom of the Opera for like mm. 35 years. Whoa. Like they'd been in there like playing every show since the 80s. And just wow. like the way that like it just like has melted their brains and like flattened them into like just this re- repetition. Um, and it's just like super fascinating. And I'm sure waiting for the cues, like similar unreliability, but hopefully a little bit more timed it when you're on Broadway versus yeah. high school. <laughs> Some of that music is really hard too. We did West Side Story in oh. high school. And like, I love that, like the music in that yeah. musical. I think some parts of it have not aged especially well, but but the, the time changes are insane. And most of them yeah. are led by the drums, mm-hmm. just like suddenly changing the groove. Yeah. Just very, very be, tough. That's so. a challenging show for, unless it was like a junior version or something, but like that's challenging for a high school. I think, wait, what, I think they just cut some scenes it was a Leonard Bernstein did Bernstein. the music and yeah. then Sondheim wrote a lot of the lyrics. It was like a oh. like a co- a collab, yeah, Yo, epic collab, yeah, yeah. limited edition. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't need to go into the tangent of West Side mm. Story. You got me, you got me going. <laughs> um, so going from those formative experiences into presumably first bands, learning the instruments you now at least primarily play in silo and getting the songwriting. Uh, what's the through line between those youthful days and the current band like how how did the band get together how did you each kind of get into this um you already kind of touched on this mark but really getting into a sound that's punk emo influenced by a lot of that guitar music from the last like 20 30 years Mm -hmm. um yeah just like what trace that through line from back then to now um i don't know i think it's just like it's just showing up a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. I can think. I, can yeah, I go for it? Okay, so this <laughs> this started in our in my uncle's garage. Is oh, yeah. I think I think that's the true beginnings of Silo. Because mm-hmm. so Mark and I went to school at UMD in Duluth, okay. um, and I did take an, an extra super senior semester. I stayed at my uncle's place in Superior, Wisconsin, which is not like terribly far from Duluth, no. but it was far enough that I was like kind of out in the boonies a little bit. Yeah. Um, it's like and 30 minutes from Duluth. It yeah. was, it was kind of a haul. Um, and so not bad though, no, it wasn't that bad. Like he had, weather, he had this garage. He had uh, just moved there and I moved in with him. Um, and Mark would drive out and he and uh, our friend Cedar and I would just like play in the garage. And I don't know, we kept doing this thing where we would come up with something really, really cool. And then I think we would just like overthink it a lot. Like we just spent a lot of time just being like, we got to change this. We this is not good know enough. How to structure this is anything. like not. This is yeah. not feeling right. And like I listening back to those demos, like some of them are really some cool, are really sick, are really really <laughs> yeah. sick. But we just we were just in this like perpetual loop of just like this isn't good enough. I'm not feeling this. We got to change this. Yeah, we got to change that. True. And we just got stuck that way and kind of fizzled out. And Mark went and lived in Chicago for a bit. I went and lived in Washington D.C. for a bit. Um, and then we kind of just like reconverged in Minneapolis a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mark hit me up and was like, like this whole time, like during the pandemic, we'd been sending each other like little audio snippets of like, check out this cool riff I wrote. You we know? were still like in a band that whole time, mm-hmm. I would say. I, I mean, kind of. Yeah. yeah. Cause like anytime I wrote anything, like I was just like, the mind. like Mark's yeah. got to hear this, like this shit. It's just like bangs. Like Mark's got to hear this. And we just send each other all the time. And so I got back to Romantic. Minneapolis and he was like, let's make a band happen. And he knew our friend Pat. Um, yeah. And the three of us got together, made some songs and uh, like, I don't know, like eight months later, Nikki subbed in cause Pat moved to Vermont. Pat had like is living his best life. He has like a house. He yeah. bought a house with Just his partner. Like a, a kid or something. Had a yeah. kid. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He is 
killing it right now. Yeah. We're yeah. we're super stoked for him and also like I don't know, like we love Nikki a lot. So like yeah. it's go, it's nice go. to have yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice and to have our boy in on base. And then yeah. Nikki came in and like at this point, like we literally sit down at the beginning of rehearsal. It's like, okay, like rehearsal, not practice. It's like, okay, we're running the set and then I'm either me or Nikki or Dan, something happens and Nikki goes, wait, 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 play that again. And then we just write another song at the beginning. Yeah. And so this happened a lot, like it, almost uh, every practice. And, and Some noodling. It's yeah. Nikki's fault. Well, yeah, I get almost like upset with you where you're like, calm down. Like just, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'll just be like, or you played us some uh, dem- like little demo you would made. Yeah, right. And then he like stopped playing after like 20 seconds. I was like, go back there, turn that on. <laughs> turn that on. I want to hear the rest of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that was like, I think it's just like, fuck expectation. Can we fucking swear on this podcast? Oh yeah. that, that, <laughs> that, I mean, fuck? at yeah. this point, yes, but yes. Yeah. 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 That was um, always okay. Uh, I think Sorry, mom. I think, <laughs> <laughs> I think like the reason that, that the, in the beginning it was like, like it would fizzle is because we had expectation and like mm. we wanted to sound like something and it's like, no, just like structure it out, write it out and then play it a million times. Yeah. So, well, and, and Nikki yeah. has definitely helped pull our sound in a, in a totally different direction than we started because mm-hmm. when Mark and I first got together in Minneapolis, like we've been mostly, I think writing acoustic riffs just cause like, yeah. that's what we were playing. It was just us. Bedroom shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. and like me on drums, I think just does not lend well to that. Like it just like, it, it works. Like we tried for a bit, but then we became not really a band that sounds like Pine Grove, but that everyone said did because we told them we did. Yeah. <laughs> Vin, I mean, that's marketing. Yeah. yeah. Vin said we're like Pine Grove with massive with uh, massive cojones. nuts, yeah. yeah. We yeah. played with them, and they were like, "You guys sound so cool. It's like Pine Grove if they had massive nuts," which is yeah. like one of the funniest things anyone's ever said. I was like, "There's some unreconstructed ideology behind that." Comment. Yeah, <laughs> but still, it doesn't still even matter it. which member of Vin said that. Yeah. It's like, guys, <laughs> but the, the spirit. <laughs> The spirit of the words, if not by the letter, I'll take it. You know? Yeah, yeah, true. It was yeah. meant as a compliment, and yeah. we can at least appreciate that yeah. for what it yeah, was. Yeah, true, 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 true. You have the deconstructing to the academics. Yeah. yeah. No, so <laughs> that, yeah. Nikki, Nikki joined the band and definitely pulled us in a direction that uh, I think, like, Mark and I have felt, like, really confident about. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I, I don't know, it wasn't something that I expected when we started this band, but Nikki, like, grew up listening to hardcore music to you know, he, he's shown us like black metal and all these things that we hadn't oh, listened sick. to before. Yeah. And so like our sound has just been pulled in this direction that is like entirely new territory for, I would say Mark and I, for sure. Um, but I, I'm feeling like really confident about like, we, I think yeah. we blend together really well in that way. Um, in this like newer, heavier sound that we've got. So, yeah. Uh, well, most of the songs on the EP, uh, painting with the sun, were those written with Pat or like yeah. once Nikki came in, once you came in, how did the songs start to get pulled in that direction even then? Or was there a little bit more so, of like a trying to stay somewhat faithful to the original forms of the songs, even as they naturally will grow with a new musician contributing their, 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 the, their creativity. Even from the space to the studio, it's like a big jump. Mm-hmm. That's something entirely different. Yeah, it was... Uh, yeah. it was it was pat i mean pat was with us when we wrote that um that ep and he did come with us to new york when we went to go track it 
And we had played with Nikki a little bit because we knew Pat was like on his way. Pat introduced, uh, yeah. us. Pat introduced us to Nikki. Yeah, so bless you, oh, Pat, for that bless one. Up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Pat, Pat's who like played on the record. Um, we did have to, just okay. like by virtue of the way that the, that record was recorded, um, we had to redo just like a lot of stuff, like including drums, including guitar, but some bass as well. Yeah. Like the way that mm -hmm. we recorded it was like a rogue operation. Yeah, we were like overnight in this studio. Yeah, I, I guess let's just jump ahead because it, it wasn't just at this studio, it was at the power station, which is like where like Spring Scheme recorded like the river and like all sorts yeah, of like yeah, yeah. super wild stuff like that. How did that opportunity even come about and what made you want to, I mean, besides just like the historical significance of getting to even be in recording a place yeah. like that, uh, talk a little bit about that experience. I don't know, like I think Mark and I, Pat was kind of in and out for a little bit before we had recorded the EP. And like the three of us just like were at this point where we were, we kind of plateaued and we were like, we need to record something yeah. and put it out probably. We were having a hard time figuring out how to make that happen because mm -hmm. like we just didn't have money. We didn't really <laughs> have like a plan in place and it just kind of felt like we were directionless for a little bit. Um, and just like a, a friend of ours uh, connected us with a, a friend at Power Station, a, a person who works there. Um, and this friend, Ben, who worked with us on the record, um, was willing to work with us for free as part of this like deal where um, people that work at the station who don't get to like actually lead the recording process mm -hmm. get to basically practice with bands in like a free time slot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so we basically just like rode that for the like the three yeah. days that we recorded out yeah. there. Right, mm -hmm. but the, specifically the time slot, wasn't it literally in the dead of night 11 to like four yeah I feel like that's that's the pertinent information <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Like and then we were the, we tracked guitars yeah. during the day okay. and yeah it it was but yeah a lot, lot of moonlighting it felt good it felt it felt really good it was a really amazing time and yeah i mean we learned a lot also yeah. a bunch of crazy stuff happened where like we almost got shoved out of our time slot like last second we had booked tickets we had planned everything and then ben was just like I'll get back to you guys. I don't know if it's going to happen or not. And it's like, okay, oh, well, please thanks, tell us as soon as thanks, you know. Buddy. <laughs> and it turned out that Green Day was going to book the whole studio for like that whole week. And then wow. the last second, uh, their management just called and was like, yeah, I'm not like feeling this. We're not going to do it. Billy's out. Yeah, Billy's, Billy's out. out. <laughs> <laughs> so we didn't we didn't get pushed out. But then, By Green Day. <laughs> it just I mean, was like a really cool great experience. Great story, though. Yeah, and like one of uh, one of the craziest things, and this is very humbling, but in the same studio that we were recording in, at the same time we were there, uh, this drummer that I grew up like so inspired by, a guy named Steve Gadd, played with like Paul Simon and a bunch of people. Okay. Really, really talented, famous drummer. But he was doing a session there at the same time that we were. And so like we, I played on the same drum kit that Steve Gadd did and sounded way worse. Like that's, <laughs> that's my flex for everyone, you know, is like yeah. a, a person with the exact same resources as us just like sounded way better than we did. Well, you know, so. physical resources, the resources of, of time and access. And no, true. Yeah. Are, are, yeah. Have, so just don't, we don't want to sell ourselves short, but like, I, I hear you. Like, <laughs> so it's like both like a, a, I don't know, an empowering experience to like be somewhere where so many you know, powerful, inspiring musicians have stood before. Mm -hmm. um, and then also it was just like humbling to be like, yeah. this is chaos that's like really hard to deal with. A lot of like stress we weren't used to. And we came back and we we did have to kind of redo a bit of it. But yeah. but I, I don't know, a lot of the magic was there. Like mm -hmm. in the yeah, moment, like, it was kind of crazy. Trying to like keep that same energy to use the, the, the phrase um, from the studio, even as you were 
updating, changing, tinkering with things in back here in Minneapolis that. I mean, was was that something you were very deliberately aware of when you were kind of finalizing and adding anything you added post New York or was that something that just kind of came naturally? Like with like it was a process maintaining of, the the songs. I, I guess I worked remotely with my buddy Andy and did remote sessions, a lot of remote sessions, mm-hmm. um, trying to get the recordings to where we wanted them to be. And I think what we learned is like we want to keep everything in under one roof for this next project. Mm-hmm. And like everybody has like what they learned from their first project to their next project. And it's you it's just all part of the experience and like no one actually knows what they're doing. And so just kind of like leaning into that. Yeah. Um in that first record, definitely. And um you can set that down. You're good. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stressing over here. It's like that's, the microphone isn't double sided. You're okay. <laughs> it turned out good. It more people have said that they like the record than they don't, and the fact that people say that they like the record at all is yeah. is a is a huge bonus to uh, putting it out. Yeah, uh, kind of rewinding a little bit, um, jumping from recording back to writing back with. Pat, and then uh, also interested in hearing your perspective, Nikki, coming Hmm. into songs that at least existed in some prior form before you have been able to spend time with them, play them since then. Um, Was that, you kind of mentioned like a a desire to explore and kind of go beyond what felt like this kind of, I don't know, you you felt stuck and like settled with that beforehand. What was the mindset? What was the writing process like when you were first planting the seeds of these songs and let it and just kind of cultivating them as they took the forms that you recorded in New York and have now released and perform and have, yeah. like I said, spent tons of time with. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think, um, it's, I've been thinking about this a lot lately, especially in the context of the new record is trying to, which like, the bridge between a live sound and a recorded sound. And if that, if there is a happy medium, like I think big thief does that well Mm. where they are tracking live together. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's, and they do it all to tape, which is really expensive, but they have all the money and they have all the the money on like 480. They're fine. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Insane. But like, I think that that's, um, like maybe that's it. Is it, is it, is it analog equipment? Is mm-hmm. it like, how do you capture a live sound? Um, and that was where we, I think the biggest struggle in making that record was, was like it, it, these songs existed and were born in the practice space mm-hmm. and, uh, trying to recontextualize them was really hard. Yeah. So, um, it was a struggle and honestly, I still struggle with some of those songs and I think every artist does, um, but uh, yeah, it's it was it was not easy, and so like, um, it was really fun though. It was yeah. really 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 fun, and I I think that we expressed ourselves in the way that we wanted to. So we so it's definitely a huge win. But. Yeah. Well, and I think to to what Mark is saying, like the actual writing process for us has always just been. Mark comes with the guitar riff or I come with the drum part or yeah. Nikki or Pat comes with the bass part to the practice space that we practice at. And it's just like 
yo, check this out, you know? And mm-hmm. then we just jam on it. And a song is born usually like that day. So like mm-hmm. the songwriting process for us has always just been like, we get together, we play in a room. Very organic. Yeah, until it like feels right. And that has always felt extremely easy to us. And then, you know, Mark will come with lyrics and we'll just like, you know, wrap it up when when we feel like it's done. And usually that does not take an especially long time. And then mm-hmm. actually going to the studio and recording it just felt like it took part. like so long. Yeah. <laughs> like just a very brutal process. Yeah, that gap is there too. Is interesting. Yeah. yeah. But that's that's like the writing process for us. And it seems like I don't know, like it just it has felt very easy, which mm-hmm. to me is a sign that like yeah. I don't know, like we work well together. But. Agreed. Yeah. I yes. think like the the kind of unspoken synchronicity that develops between musicians that play together, hopefully at some point in the process. And sounds like fairly instantaneously um in both, I guess, any iteration of the band. Um, but um, yeah, now I'm kind of what I was asking you, Nikki, is like, what, what's been your experience coming into these songs that are pre-existing in yeah. a certain sense and kind of recontextualizing them in your brain and bringing yeah. your own influences to these old songs, which um, is a different mindset and different approach to the things you've been, each of you has been bringing to the new songs and kind of the new direction yeah. you, you referenced before. Yeah, I mean, I think, so I remember I, I played in this, like, abortive, gone too soon surf rock band with Pat called Suck Knife, one word. So the K is shared between both words. Whoa. Pretty awful That's band name, hard. but I didn't come up with it. Um, <laughs> Did Will? Yeah. Okay. Um, but that fizzled Hell out because yeah. I think Pat was too busy. And then weeks later, I got a call in the middle of the day while I was door dashing. Like, I was delivering someone's. Buffalo Wild Wings or something. It's always beat ups. And yeah, and then, yeah, it is always that. Um, and he was just like, "Do you want to like play bass in this band just live, like not as a real member, just live? Because I don't want to play live." And I was like, "That's kind of confusing, but sure, sure." Um, and and so then I just sat down with these songs and learned them. And at the time, I've been playing in this like crossover thrash band called Sounding Rod. Okay. Um, and like every song was like, "Okay, how about this? We got four repeats of this one." riff and then four repeats of the same riff but more palm muted and then four repeats of a second riff and that's a whole song so i was coming out from that and then i was hearing like what mark and dan had done which there's all these little like random idiosyncrasies that Mm -hmm. aren't repeated ever in the rest of the song and so i was just i literally like uh in my own weird way like trademarked by me nikki like transcribed basically everything to try to figure out like what was happening. Cause there's even like a song like monk. It just sounds like this acoustic ballad. That's like, okay, it's just an acoustic ballad. Like, you know, how hard could this be? And it took me like probably like 10 hours of practicing. (laughs) Cause there's all these like random tempo. Oh, not tempo, but like time. Yeah. Or just a drop beat here. Yeah. Happens twice as long once you know, yeah. four repeats later. And like yeah, that, that's that nineties. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. That through line is maintained. Yes. In a lot of interesting ways. Yeah. And then, and just, and then also just, um, it was kind of difficult. I think Pat was really busy with moving, but I had to like bully him uh-huh. into sending me what he had been playing on bass. So I could try to like play a facsimile of it. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up just coming, coming up with my own versions, like maybe matching some of the rhythms, some of the, yeah. like, the melodic lines, but I'm a very noodly bass player. Like I, it's like one of two ways. Either I am matching the guitar riff and playing as hard as I can and having a lot of fun, or I'm doing this like annoying noodly style of bass playing. Like I, I like for emo stuff, I really like like the bass playing and like 
Dinosaur Jr. or like Sunny Day Real Estate where it's like yeah. super noodly, yes. maybe yeah. even to a fault. Like <laughs> I, I sometimes have a hard time turning that part of my brain off. So yeah, like it was kind of a mix of those two approaches. I think the like Ooga Booga Caveman down pick with like distortion part of me is still there and I think it has like rubbed off on Dan and Mark to some extent, but yeah, off, that, yeah. that yeah. engine's like part where like, here's my past. I can't really turn it off exactly. even as we're not going in that exactly. direction. I mean, and it's like it's emo the two, free jazz, the two of them, <laughs> I mean, the two of them both have extremely broad music tastes and they, they pull from so many influences and I am literally almost always listening to heavy music 95% of the time and I can't make myself stop. So it's, it's just like a, yeah, it's a perfect balance. I feel wrapped yeah. by guilt sometimes because I'm like, <laughs> they're like bringing all this stuff to the table and I'm just like, okay, what if we do something really heavy? You know, like, yeah. So, uh, Hey, it, yeah. It, like you're saying it, it balances a little bit. It does. It's, yeah. It like you listen to the music that you enjoy listening to. And yeah. Well, and so exactly. I, one thing I'll say is playing with Pat, Pat was also a pretty noodly, like very yeah, melodic, extremely melodic. So because it was a good he, mesh. I think mm-hmm. he had been a guitar player for basically everything yeah. up to that. He point. really wasn't a he, bass player. He like played guitar, like good luck finding Iris. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That, exactly. At least that was what he did in that band. So really talented yeah. guitar player. And then we just were like, do you want to play bass? And he was good, but it just, it was definitely very melodic. And so then Nikki kind of took it and twisted it his own way. And, you know, some of that stuff sounds different, but in a way that I think has worked, it like, works, uh, it's yeah. just been really good. So, yeah. um, I, I don't know, like the, the arc of getting Nikki into the band and him playing what he's playing now, I think just, again, it's just like felt really good. Uh, I, to give you some confidence, Nikki. Yeah. I'm, I'm so confident, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, but I didn't need it. Words of a confident man, yeah. <laughs> but in parentheses, lying. Yeah, lying. I'm fine. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> um, since, and correct me if I'm wrong, it sounds like when, especially for this EP, the music is what came first, or at least came a little bit more independently of the lyrics than some of the more kind of overarching things on the EP. Um, when do those things kind of start to integrate in with the songs? Um, you'll have a specific insight into this, Mark, as the lyricist, but also just curious to hear everybody's thoughts on just how that, those aspects of the songs kind of synthesize. Obviously, they're both very, very important to mm-hmm. the, the, if not integral to the uh, song itself, but um, they, sounds like, the, how, do they, how do they evolve in conjunction and then finally come together? Yeah. I don't know. Like I honestly, I think a lot of it is like like uh Michael Jackson said this. So, take it with a grain of salt. But uh he's like you have to let God into the room, and I don't like believe in God or anything. I don't think he did either necessarily, but it's just like you just have to like be open yeah. and just be, be able to receive con- something, be a conduit. I don't think we have anything to do with it, honestly. Mm. So it's just like lightning striking. And yeah, even like the quick turnaround, it sounds like with the way that like this song is kind of first developed, mm-hmm. is that lightning in a bottle approach been something that you've just wanted to continue to like as, as much as one can want to go in a certain direction with their creativity what happens happens. That's like you said, you're being yeah. a conduit. Um, has that been different like over time or has it always been like, you just found yourself getting struck by lightning and yeah, and you're like, well, this song works because we let that thing into that room, let, mm-hmm. let that energy into the, into your, 
into your head. Into Definitely. Your, into I think like we get the structure down and then lyrics f- just like fall into place. Mm-hmm. Like it's extremely unintentional. And I think it, that has worked best for us. And there's, I think we have a formula and we're just plugging in different functions now. Yeah. One, I think, so we kind of all trust that, you know, like Mark trusts, Mark and Nikki trust that I like can figure the drum parts out and like yeah. make something that's cool. Yeah. Like we trust like that Nikki's going to play his part in a way that sounds good. And like, that's, that's just like in general, how we get that, like in the moment It's just like, well, I guess I just like trust that like whatever everyone else is doing is cool. Yeah, we kind of shout out. We'll be like, like that was so sick. Yeah. You know, like if something cool happens. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then every once in a while when something like we're, we're hearing something that's not happening, we just make sounds at each other. Yeah. Like, like literally go, Mark. Go, go, go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mark will go, be like, go, yeah, yeah. He'll be like on the drums. Can you do like some kind of drum and bass? Like, you know, and, and it's, it's always like, a break beat. Yeah, always, yeah. Yeah. It's always a break I'm beat. obsessed. I'm obsessed. But weird. like, but uh, that's like the only kind of like actual like intentional tweaking that we do, you know? Yeah. Like we, we really do yeah, just like, like let it happen. Like trust that the other people will figure it out. If we hear something that sounds wrong, we correct it. Yeah. And then just every once in a while, we just start like, yo, do this. Yeah. You yeah. can kind of like sense something with a certain part and you're like, okay, let's work against that in some way and like try this yeah. instead. Yeah, because like, like feel is a really good example. Feel right mm-hmm. before, yeah. like a couple weeks before we would track demos for the, the last EP we put out because we, we did some demos like with Pat and then we sent them to the person we recorded with in the end. Right before we left for that, Mark got me in his car and he's like, I made this thing and it was feel. Like he had made that song and then we played it like once and, it, and then he's like, at the end, we should do a break beat. And so we did like, there's like a, like the oh, yeah. drum part is like a drum and bass, like inspired drum part <laughs> at the end of this song. Yeah. 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 It's sick. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, just like somehow from the chaos, like we just all like trust, like whatever happens will sound good. And yeah. I that, hope it does. I that, like everything really definitely everything matched up there. I feel like mm-hmm. that's kind of like, that was the genesis of like our kind of new sound. I feel like I have one additional piece of Mark context that hopefully well, you can fight me after yeah. on the sidewalk if you don't like that I reveal this. Yeah. Uh, you always got he always has lyrics on tap because he used to be a rapper. Yeah. Whoa. So he has a background like freestyle. Oh, I was gonna say like yeah. Yeah. completely different context, but the way you described it, like you think of like how like old not to again make any musical or lyrical con- connotations between Silo and Jay Z, but like. An no. old school Jay Z, he, yeah. would, he would never They're write the down same. lyrics. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is our Empire State of Mind. Um, but like, yeah, he would just like step in, just have no lyrics. And it's yeah. just like, I'm sure, yeah, very different, but like yeah. that similar, that, that, that would influence that yeah. approach, just like that, that, those experiences. And we have songs that we've played live, like probably at least half a dozen times where there is no official lyrics yet mark just i literally have just freestyled them okay real so yeah i don't know it's just like in the same way that like like i'm guaranteed to be able to play a bass note when i want to if my amp is on mark has lyrics in that same way he's really good at just like like in the moment just coming up with melodies (laughs) that are insane like so good there's like demos that we have where we'll like record a, like a phone recording of us playing it and they're in our Google drive. And we like all, I don't know, sometimes we'll like go in and like write little comments, but almost all of them, it's just like vocals sound good. No changes. It's like (laughs) whatever he came up with that day is usually like what it ends up being. Yeah. Melodically. Super true. Yeah. Yeah. That's super true. Yeah. And then I'm really good. Right. Like we usually record something and we want to preserve like the majority of what happened in the moment Mm -hmm. by accident, you know, by just fate. So (laughs) Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Uh, cool. That's that's fascinating. There's a little comment on the Bandcamp, I believe, where we have a Bandcamp. We have mm-hmm. comments on our yeah. Bandcamp. Well, like somebody wrote a paragraph. One of y'all, if not somebody oh, else. Oh yeah. I'm um, just like kind of like, hey, here's like the kind of standard stuff. Like here's a brief paragraph on the backstory and kind of not to mm-hmm. belabor that people can yeah. go read it themselves. But um, the part that stood out was you offered a one word description for the EP of just the word whoosh, yeah. <laughs> which is like, I think very intentionally like kind of nebulous and like yeah. people will interpret it differently while listening to the EP. Yeah. But I'm curious to hear if I think each of you have their own thoughts. Like what, what does that mean like when you listen to the EP, what would make you think of whoosh? Wind. I think whoosh. <laughs> it's, nice, dude. Yeah. It's an italics Wind, too. I yeah. think. Oof. I didn't know if that was like, like the next EP. Yeah, the next. Yeah, the next EP is. No, I. So like, <laughs> when we were tracking that EP, and, <laughs> slide whistle. <laughs> Wait, so Yo, answer your question. When we were tracking that EP and we were thinking about those songs, one of the things that we thought about a lot, and Marcus said this in like when we were on Radio K and they asked us questions, he and he said yeah. the same thing. We're thinking about like a lot of visuals mm. and not stuff that we ever made. Like we didn't make like you know a music video of this thing. But we talked a lot about with feel that song, and that was the one that felt like this is like the root of this like thing that we yeah made. yeah like lots of visuals yeah. of the North Shore where we like mm-hmm. went to school and like driving in a car mm-hmm. and like that experience of just like whipping along like the North Shore like of of Lake Superior, mm-hmm. and I think that to me is like the whoosh of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like all the songs, even though they're not about that, felt like they were kind of about that. Yeah, way, definitely. You know, mm-hmm. I think this is uh, an amazing through line and really smart of me um but uh whoosh is like we're like passing like you're passing us it's just like whoosh like like we're in the car and it's just going by oh. and now the second ep is we are the train we are the train you are we that is whooshing past so we were actually planning on wearing conductor train conductor <laughs> outfits to this, <laughs> yeah, but uh, EP2's gonna be like instead of music for I'm, airports, it's gonna be like music for train stations. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is not this ambient. Is like, it, it, what sucks is that this is like only thirty percent bit. Like this, we really talked about this it, enough it, that it like real. maybe could have happened. Well, so. I can like just we like actually, sense. Yeah. It's like okay, this is something that is not being like no one's coming up with this. This has been priorly yeah. discussed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's an understanding. Yeah. We also were like so neurotic that leading up to this, we were like, what are the bits we're going to do? Yeah. Like, how do, how are we going to dress? Like, what's what's our theme going to be? Like, we're all going to pretend that we're on a remote island for the whole time. We did this for a while, and then we were all kind of like, wait, we could just be ourselves, you guys. Yeah, yeah we, so, we don't have to method act our EP. <laughs> yeah, it felt like a, like a sitcom almost. And like it was, that's when I got scared. Yeah. <laughs> felt got, like a sitcom a little episode. Truman Show for... Yeah, yeah, yeah true, true. Yeah. Um, whoosh. Whoosh, indeed. What is something that, or I guess rather, what is a moment, whether it's something on the EP or something else in your experiences with the the band, what's a moment of accomplishment or fulfillment where you look back and you can think to yourself, yeah, this is why I'm in this band. This is why I enjoy making mm-hmm. music with these people. This is why I want to keep doing this. Just a moment that stands out where it kind of reminds you why you enjoy doing this, why you have spent countless hours, time, however much, mm. working on and pursuing it. I think peace energy 
is kind of that on the EP at mm-hmm. least. Um, but in the context of everything else, we're all constantly listening to our, our demos too. And it's just like, I think we're just drawn to it because yeah. we like it. And I don't know. I don't know if there's, that doesn't lot, have to be some, some to grand it statement. Me. It could be very simple. I, I think, I think a lot of it is like not in the songs itself, but like the affirmation that we get from other people who like it. Mm-hmm. I think my like a, an actual physical moment was Palmer's, like when we played our release yeah, show. True. Okay. Um, and was that indoor, outdoor Palmer's? Indoor, indoor. indoor. Yeah. Um, and it people really showed up. Um, we sold out. Well, that's that's the great thing yeah. about indoors at Palmer's, right? Yeah. <laughs> you get true, eighty people yeah. there, you sell them. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. But but not. I mean, it. I don't know. Like, it, okay, not to to like devalue that people showed up for us. Like that meant a lot. But like, yeah, just like. The way people talk to us, like the energy that was there, not just people showing up, but people like actually caring that yeah. we like made this thing True. was kind of an insane energy in a way that felt very affirming, you mm-hmm. know, was like we sunk so much time into this, not really like expecting people to listen. And then to have people show up that way was kind of mm-hmm. just like, whoa, yeah. like maybe this is like going to continue to be worth like yeah. all this time. Extremely <laughs> sick. Yeah. Also, there was one person there who was watching. I just want to shout this out. Someone was watching MMA during yeah, our set, it was so fucking like on sick. their phone or like yeah, on, yeah, on, on their on the phone TV and, and like shouting about like, like yeah, Williamson, let's go, yeah. Williamson. <laughs> Which there there were some people there that were like, like we were so upset, that was so disrespectful. And then the three of us talked afterward, and we were like, that that's was pretty awesome. sick. That was, yeah, that was that's hilarious. Kind of cool. It's yeah. like watching Family Guy during a set, but yeah, <laughs> like the yeah. this set's boring. Yeah. Really. yeah. Boring but that was I would say that was my like at least in recent moment where it's yeah. just like wow this this is really something I don't know like, yeah. I'm gonna remember this so what do you got Nikki um uh when when I was in college I played in this like screamo like like twinkly screamo band uh that we had a different name for all three shows we ever played we never recorded <laughs> and like we would play these just like basement shows that were miserable. You could have just said basement shows. <laughs> yeah, true. That's true. Um, Strong our age a little bit and, here. <laughs> and then, yo, go off. Um, then the first uh, show I played with Sila was in this basement venue. Just as a side note, with like the most exploitative, oh, like fiscal practices of all time. I, these zoomers I'll are say crazy. It. I, I have make like me a whole, say it. Yeah, I, I have a whole do I know? I, yeah, I if might you know. Can we name drop them? No, no, I, no, no. Yeah. Goes, Maybe going, not on the record. Going, yeah, going, yeah. Um, but we have a separate podcast Anyways, for all the talk. My, <laughs> my first set playing playing with Silo. As soon as we stopped playing, two different people offered me weed, mm. and then a third person was like, "Really interesting. Those like modal fills you were doing." <laughs> And I was like, wait, that didn't happen with my screamo band, Walter Van Pesky. So I was like, okay, I'll keep doing this. That was like the moment for me. Yeah, I was like, someone been- mentioned your modal fills and you're like, yeah. I'm going to stay high on this supply yeah, yeah, for like a decade. Yeah. Like I am golden. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Nikki, Modes. so the, that basement was so hot. That was maybe the warmest show we've ever played. And Nikki was adamant on playing in long pants. You don't play in shorts. So yeah. no big one long pants I feel back yeah. on that now. I play, I play in some camel cargo shorts. Mm. Yeah. But that was, I just remember Blow roasting in like actually like basketball shorts and a, like maybe a tank top or something. I remember And Nikki yeah. was in like long sleeve and like long pants. Just in like a parka. He was like, oh, yeah. Man. yeah. <laughs> the resilience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're just flexing and everybody else like, I'm way yeah, more resilient. I feel fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sweating. I feel fine. Yeah, you guys are crazy. Fine, guys. You guys are crazy. Yeah. 
I'm actually okay. <laughs> like wobbling, just like I think you're gonna fall over. Um, what is something that you really love or appreciate about your art, or your, like whether it's silo or other art you've made, uh, or just your creative process in general? This can be as a band or individually something you uh, just more affirmations, but mm. this time more for like what 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 are you? Like what? What stands out? You're like, yeah, I'm. I bring this to the table. I, I I'm, ha- I'm, I'm proud that I bring this to the table, or however you interpret uh, the question. Yeah, I got some. Yeah. Okay, for me. So it's your, it's your modal riffs. Yes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, I am armed with high school jazz band levels of music theory and nothing yeah, beyond the that. mode. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry, I'll stop. I, I know what a mode is. That's about it. Um. Uh. But. When I first came in to play the songs, I was really nervous. And I literally had like a folder where just written out the structure and, and stuff. But drummer Dan has this like predicting the future style of drumming where you like know what's going to happen instinctually before it's going to happen. And I mm-hmm. continually uh, enjoy that from playing with him because, well, it's also a great crutch because uh, if I forget where I am in the song, Dan has this like, telepathic means of being like this is what's going to happen and when and i you don't get that with every drummer as a bass player so it's cool yeah especially as a bass player yeah Yeah. well thanks nikki yeah you're welcome yeah i think the 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 silo machine is just like show up with a riff and then everything else will like be structured for for me like I just show up and I don't actually have to do any hard work um Nikki and Dan are really freaking good at like like genuinely good at like songwriting and without that constructing the framework especially as a rhythm section yeah exactly so like I feel super grateful to show up with like for me it's like kind of therapeutic where it's like I think I'm just trying to get something out and then like we can express it fully together. Mm -hmm. And I think we all just kind of resonate on that same band width or that same wavelength. And it's just like, I'm really proud of, yeah, like our ability to like just be be friends who also play music together. Yeah. This is, this is, I'm going to take this in a totally different direction. Oh no. And it's just (laughs) that we like, regardless of how any session goes, like we could have just like the most miserable show ever, you know? (laughs) And then we still like hug each other and our pals and everything's cool at the end. Yeah, Like it's, it's like, I don't know. I I appreciate about our process that like, we're able to like take it seriously to the point where it's like, we know it's worth our time, but also like actually make space to like care about each other and, and know that like this thing we're doing is important to us and like we want to do the best that we can, but also just mm-hmm. like that we're pals, you know, like mm-hmm. we hug each other, we go home, we do it again. So, yeah, yeah, you can't underestimate the power of friendship. Yo, also <laughs> power the, friendship. Also, yeah. the break at the end of Monk is sick. Yeah, <laughs> we're proud of that. We high five each other about that all yeah. the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh that. yeah. Uh, cool. Kind of wrapping up, talking about the EP, um, Painting with the Sun. It's been out since February. So, thank you for patiently waiting to come we we finally were able to make it happen well after and now Heck yeah but that also kind of segues into the next question you've had time to 
work on a lot of new stuff. Um, and now like fully with Nikki involved in the songwriting. Um, what does the future hold? Uh, you, I think Danny sent a, a demo at least of some new songs that are starting to really take shape. Uh, take shape. Excuse me. Um, by the time this episode is out, uh, you can check out the Monk video, so that'll be exciting. Um, but beyond kind of the immediate, what else has been? What's the pathway y'all have found yourselves on, and kind of things to look forward to, maybe to give people other people to look forward to if they're connecting with the EP. Well, we have like a full length worth of songs written. We're just going to record an EP because EPs are better. Yeah. Cause my attention span is bad, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah we had I just, can tell you, you grew up in hardcore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, no. I, I, I resonate. So yeah, I, I no, feel yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm still, I'm just like, EP is the best format. I hate when hardcore bands make full lengths. So boring. Um, <laughs> it's the same yeah. length. It's still like 17 minutes. Come yeah, on. no, I'll, it has to be like 10, 10, yeah, 10 or less. But yeah, so we're going to, we have plan, tentative plans to record in like August or something. Yeah. Right? Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Hope, yeah. Well, it's going to be, I think the new stuff needs more love. So it's going to be more recent stuff, mm-hmm. more recent, new, old, new stuff. I don't know what you meant by that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. We'll have uh, to talk after Yeah, this. we'll talk about that after. Uh, and then I, we so were new, old, old, new, no, no old, yes. new. A mix of the old and new. <laughs> uh, it's a, a land of contrasts. Um, and then and we have plans uh, to do a little weekend or weekend or Jesus weekender with a band called 12th house sun. Oh yeah. They're sick. Um, where we're we going Milwaukee, Milwaukee, Chicago, Chicago coming he, home yep. to play Amsterdam with them and she's green. Yeah. It's going to oh, be sick. That's yeah. a sick lineup. Where are y'all playing in Milwaukee and Chicago? If you know, Oh, we didn't come no, prepared. In Milwaukee, no, no, in no, Chicago. Some venues. Yeah. No, some no worries. Venues. We're not. <laughs> some sick venues. Um, we're playing with the um, muted colors out of Milwaukee. Okay. And then we're playing, and another band. I'm so sorry. But, uh, and then we're playing with this it. dope band, uh, um, Josephine uh, in Chicago. And, uh, oh my God, I can't even remember the name of the other band. I'm so sorry. It's going to be a good do tour. We, do we at least know it, the dates? Do yeah, we, we have that? the dates. We got those dates. What yeah. are the dates? The 24th in Chicago. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's my birthday. And then oh, the... 23rd in Milwaukee. 23rd in Milwaukee, <laughs> yeah. 23rd in Milwaukee, 24th in Chicago, and then 25th back here? Or 26th back here? 26. Should have come prepared. Yeah. It's okay. Hey, we don't have in front of us. It's us nope. and Muted Color and Spoy, June 23rd in Milwaukee. What are the venues? I'm curious. And uh, the venue is... Uh, High Dive in Milwaukee. Okay, yeah. I've not heard of them, but Spoy's cool. Seven oh one East Center Street. Oh, really? yeah. <laughs> Just listen to the address. Twenty one plus. Go to this place right now if you're hearing this. And this then there's this this super sick uh, shoegaze band, Precocious Neophyte. Ooh, um, they were playing with on the twenty fourth at Reggie's in Chicago. Reggie's. It's like a restaurant in South Side um, or yeah. West Side, something yeah. like that. Especially with, more, more so than Milwaukee, makes sense, I guess, with Chicago, that there's a lot more like restaurant, like bar spaces there yeah. Yeah. that are a little bit more kind of in that vein versus just like straight up just like a dive bar, like kind of yeah. a lot of the normal places you find on tour, which are have their own charms. We've Every band plays them, you know, not exactly. knocking it. Uh, cool. Yeah. Um, the one thing that stood out at least about the new stuff, the one the one demo you sent for this um for redacted song title, not trying to leak anything. Um, <laughs> it was, it was, if not as raw as like the ending of feel, it was like one of the more 
abrasive or like loud moments I'd heard from y'all, even just in the demo form. Is that kind of representative of the direction of the of the, the yeah, chugga chugga? Definitely for that. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> One, I, I don't know. Mark and I both just like became like obsessive about title fight. Yeah. Like right after <laughs> right after Nikki joined yeah. the band. Yeah. Um, and it's not. I don't. We're not like title fight. We don't like it's still continue no, no, to sound, no, no, sound no, like I, them. Yeah. But yeah. but I no, think no, it was, no, heads are far away from ceiling fans. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Keep them out of there. But but um, that just like something about like that that like that raw energy that they, I don't know that they tapped on every every fucking album that they put mm-hmm. out like i just i don't know we we felt very inspired by that mm-hmm. and i think we continue to be so. yeah yeah that, that it's funny actually bring, since you bring, bring up title fight and 12th house sun um i think at least one of the uh kyle the main songwriter and told us his other band breathe and repeat just like oh big title fight we love yeah we love also we love 12th house sun and breathe and repeat yeah, like yeah. just B- killer bands, bands yeah fantastic yeah. Um, cool. Uh, so I like ending interviews in a similar way as well. Uh, I find that we've already kind of alluded at a lot of other cool bands to check out from the bands you're playing with on tour, some of the other ones that have come up. But what are some, especially local bands or artists that are underappreciated that you want to shout out, whether it's other projects you've it's played shows with, just ones you're extra fond of? It's punishment time. Punishment. Yeah. <laughs> We, I think we know too many. So, like, I want to preface this by saying we're not going to mention, like, all of them. Everybody we're prefaces be in it trouble. with that. Yeah. And I hope listeners aren't expecting, like, because if we just start listing bands from, like, the Twin Cities alone, we'd be here for hours. Mm-hmm. So yeah. It's a beautiful thing. We're just, like, perpetually finding new bands that are extremely sick, like, locally. So yeah. there's, like, no way to know all of them. But Exactly. That's the beauty. Do we just want to just, like, do a couple of them yeah. or something? Yeah. Love that. Valeska Surratt. I was first and mine. <laughs> first and foremost. First and for, foremost. Like best project this year so far. Say the the Valeska Valeska Surratt. Valeska Surratt. Valeska. Valeska. Yeah, she was a silent film actress. They're named after her. But it's like uh oh. Matthew Scrams. Like it's really good. Okay. The the best yeah. drummer oh. in the cities. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna just say it right now. He's a nineteen year old like, kid and he's just uh, it's yeah. so insane. Okay. Yeah. Like he's the, a man. Yeah. <laughs> he's a kid. <laughs> Max wouldn't mind me saying that. He's a he's a child. He's my <laughs> sterling baby boy. Okay. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, we god. love that band. Yeah. What okay. else? What else you got? Who, Mark? You mentioned who else you got in your your roster? Uh, she's green. I don't know if she, they need yeah. our help, but it's, it's they, don't need, yeah, they, they don't, don't need they don't need our help. They, yeah. they're they're killing it. All but anyway. I, they just sound so amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. We played with them recently, and they were just so kind. Yeah. Like I'm just I'm always struck when bands are like both really good, and then also. Just like so humble, well, folks. Time, yeah. yeah. Shout, shout out Teddy. Teddy's the homie. But Teddy yeah. is so Green nice. in general. They're a cool band. Mm-hmm. Prize Everybody. horse for me. Yeah, that prize horse. So heavy. Again, they don't need sure. our help, but <laughs> sick man. Yeah, they're like yeah. on tour like yeah. half the year. Yeah. Twelfth yeah. <laughs> house son. I yeah, mean, yeah, we said it already. Yeah, we're all That's the stands of Kyle. Kyle Stan accounts. Right? Yeah. Yes. Kyle Stan's rise up. Yeah. <laughs> we, played Sorry, with, we also played with Kidski Free recently. That's like been an important band for me. One yeah. of my bands in college. We played with them like five years ago. That band's been together wow. since they were like in high school. I don't even knew that. Then. And they're still killing it. Like cool. they just are really fun to be around and they play really well. So definitely. Um, also, we're playing with Aiden Intro at Ice House um, in June. And we're also playing with Zach Khan and Zippo Man. And I think like yeah. all everybody on that bill is 
amazing. This is, is Zach in Simple Man, or is that, is that or Zach two Con- separate? Zach Con I, is, I know Zach's name. He's doing. Um, I I don't know if he's playing with full band or not, but okay. Zach is but on that. Zippo Man is is their own band. It's not like yeah, Zach. yeah. <laughs> the Zippo man Zach Con and the Zippo Man men. Um, Colin, I played with Colin at School of Rock. Um, he has always just been like shot out of a cannon good. And, uh, um, the intros and like, I don't know, those are just also great local bands. Um, Zippo man just put out a project. That's really amazing. They're playing with bows. They're playing their guitar with, with bows. Sticker rose. Love seeing that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, there's just some really, I think it, it goes a lot of different ways. Like there's this rapper Mati who's really good. Um, I don't know. It's so diverse. Like there, we do everything in Minneapolis. So it's like, I just feel super grateful to be a part of the scene. Like there's like whole worlds that you can only scratch the surface with without like fully investing so much time in it. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. True. true. Stressful because you're like, I want to know all these bands and you want to connect with all these cool musicians that are just constantly popping up. But also like, it's like you said, it's impossible. I got one more actually. Yeah, what's up? Uh, there's a band of kids, actual kids. Oh yeah, the oldest person is 16 in that band called Identity Crisis. The yep. Saint so Cloud. They're, so, they're nuts. They're and so they also cover they, <laughs> two of the times I've seen them. They've covered my favorite Minor Threat song. Okay, and I thought I was in Monster Retirement, bro. I, you know, like it was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's funny yeah. that you bring them up because I had a yeah. uh, one of my supervisors at work like saw them like I think at like Palmer's or something. They were yeah. like there to get a drink and yeah. just like happen happened to me on a show night. Like, yeah, there was like this band with a child drummer. Yeah. The, the band had a child drummer. And we're all, like, I yeah. don't know. There's that. And we had like, yeah. like 20 minutes later, finally found out, Oh, it's just identity crisis. And yeah. They're all kids. The drummer's the youngest. Yeah. I think he's 14. What? Um, but I think the oldest that huge, so like good. hardcore metal fest that yeah. Mort's a couple weeks ago or like a month yep. ago. That's so good. They're so yeah. good. And they covered my favorite mind thread song. Yeah. So I will fly their flag forever. So amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, cool. Uh, thank you so much for taking time to stop by. Uh, the EP Painting with the Sun is available. Bandcamp streaming services everywhere. Stay tuned for new music and check out the Monk video. That'll be out by the time you're hearing this. And uh, yeah, thanks again. It's been a wonderful chat with y'all. Thank yeah, you. thanks for thank having you. us. Thanks this has been so nice. The Ear Coffee Podcast is a companion to the blog of the same name. If you like this episode, please leave us a rate and review so we can stand out among the other music podcasts. You can follow us at Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Ear Coffee. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye.